All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the morning after the big primary battles in Pennsylvania and Idaho in North Carolina and many other states, Oregon being one of them. It was a long night last night of interesting primary developments. President Trump fared pretty well. He won two of the three big prizes outright, and there's a third one. It's hanging as a cliffhanger. We don't know when it'll be resolved, but let me give you the over-under. The three biggest prizes were North Carolina Senate, Pennsylvania Governor, Pennsylvania Senate for the Republican primaries. And in those races, President Trump's preferred candidate won two straight up. Doug Mastriano, the Republican candidate for governor won handily in Pennsylvania to be the Pennsylvania gubernatorial Republican nominee for the election. He's a guy that has delved pretty aggressively, seriously into election integrity issues in a state where a lot of other people have been afraid to look at them. The second candidate who won big is a current House member that a lot of people hadn't heard of before Donald Trump put his money down on him, put his endorsement behind him, and that is Ted Budd. Ted Budd, House member from North Carolina. He won by a two-to-one margin yesterday, the North Carolina GOP Senate nomination over one of the most popular and famous and well-known Republicans in North Carolina history, a former governor there. A big win for both of those men. The third one that everyone was looking at was the Dr. Oz race, the Pennsylvania Senate race. And as you know, Right now, with voting about 98% complete, Dr. Oz has a small lead. He started last night about 11 points behind when early returns came in. By the end of the night, he was slightly ahead of his closest challenger. That's going to carry on for a couple days. It's going to go to an automatic recount because the margin is below one half of 1%. So we're not going to know for a few days on that one. Now, there are two places where the a former president lost in the endorsement game. Madison Cawthorn, who had a lot of scandals in his background over the last few months, salacious photos, a divorce, a lot of different things. You know, he lost by a few points in North Carolina House seat, so he will be a one-term congressman the way this is shaping up. President Trump tried at the last minute to rally voters around Madison Cawthorn, but it wasn't enough. It was close, but it wasn't enough. And then in Idaho, the lieutenant governor that President Trump endorsed in an effort to unseat the current Republican governor. Well, 
that failed as well. So Trump is two and two on the big four, and he could be three and two when this is all done if Oz pulls out a win. A lot of that will depend on the recount and the counting of late-mailed absentee ballots. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that for you at Justin News. Now, we've got a great show for you today. Really great show. First up, Senator Mike Braun of the great state of Indiana is here. He's one of the few members of Congress with a plan to shrink government, to get deficits under control, to get the debt under control, to get rid of all of the excessive federal bureaucracy that harms all of us in our pocketbook for sure, and in some cases in our privacy and in our everyday freedoms. He's going to hear to talk about that. We got a lot of other things we want to talk to him, the baby shortage formula. He had an extraordinary exchange with Fauci yesterday during a Senate hearing where Dr. Fauci, he pinned him down and said, I don't think lockdowns are going to be necessary again. And in retrospect, lockdowns should have only been a short-term solution. Two big concessions from Dr. Fauci. It came only because of the questioning of Senator Mike Braun. We're going to ask him about all those things ahead in this podcast. And then we're going to turn to a, a regular friend of the show. He's been on here several times. You know him well. John Zadrozny, former Homeland Security Advisor in the White House for President Donald Trump, now doing some great work in the private sector on homeland issues. We broke a story yesterday, which I'm going to tell you about in a second. He reacted to that on the TV show last night. He also talked about Title 42, the border, the new border numbers that came out yesterday. 230,000 plus crossed illegally. Almost half were let into the country. The largest amount of illegal aliens released into the country in the history of the United States. So John will be reacting to all that. We're going to take that from our TV show last night. It's a great interview. But he started off reacting to a story that we broke this morning. And uh, we're going to break another one. In fact, we're going to break another one on this show in a second. But let me tell you about this first one. It's very important. The Disinformation Governance Board. A lot of people have asked us, hey, John, can you figure out, can just the news figure out where did this board come from? Who came up with the idea? So we dug and we dug. We heard from some sources about a week ago, and we learned that back in the summer of 2020, when the 2020 election was heating up between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, that the globalist favorite think tank, it's known as the Atlantic Council, they are the, they're really the champion of neocon globalism, lots of former intel and military people, they have a clear policy, and that is to be interventionist in the world. They put out a study saying it's time to reimagine DHS, the Homeland Security Department. And to do that, we believe that Homeland Security should focus a lot less on physical threats, military threats, kinetic threats, meaning things that involve explosions or attacks or radiology, all the things that we created Homeland for after the horrible 9-11 tragedy, and have it focus on non-traditional threats like disinformation, like white supremacy, like climate change. I'm really refocusing. And this is important because this agency has a lot of juice, more so now on the left than the right. It doesn't have as much esteem among conservatives as it had maybe 20 years ago when George W. Bush was president. But in that realm, in that light of refocusing it, the first words, disinformation, fighting disinformation came up. So we dug some further. My good colleague, Eric Cleveland, dug some further. And guess what we found? Guess who was writing the first articles about disinformation and fighting it at the Atlantic Council starting in 2019? Three years ago. You got it. If you guessed Nina Jankowitz, the woman who now landed the job, well, you would be right. How about that? 
So Nina Jankowitz starts writing. The think tank comes up with a plan that incorporates the idea of disinformation being the new mission of Homeland Security. Joe Biden wins, and voila, the Atlantic Council gets its way. And that is a story that helps explain the origins of this. And it shows how revolving door bureaucrats, people who come in and out of the government, intel people, military people, political policy people, are able to drive agency decisions and create, in some cases, a job for themselves. If Nina's writing about it for the think tank, think tank proposes Homeland does it, and she fills it, she sort of helped create the job that she's in. I think that's a very important story from my good colleague, Eric Kliegman. And on that note, just a little bit ago, we broke this story that the Homeland Security Department says it has put a hold on the Disinformation Governance Board going to do a little review. Do we have it right? Do we have the messaging right? Do we have the right person? That is a direct result of our reporting and other people's reporting on what really is one of the most troubling developments in the Homeland Security Department in a very long time. There are some Democrats, many Republicans, critical. Even Democrats who aren't critical of the idea in general are critical of the way Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, rolled this out with a lack of clarity, fumbled explanations admitting he didn't even vet the woman he named to run this organization. Nina Jankowitz was surprised by some of her past tweets and speeches where she called people who oppose critical race theory, which is a legitimate debate in America, disinformers. Remember that? We broke that story in Just the News. Didn't know that she had peddled the false Russia collusion story or the false story that the Hunter Biden laptop was disinformation. How about that? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Pretty amazing. All right, that's the first story we broke, and our good friend John Zadrozny is going to react to it. Uh, You're going to hear him describe it and why it's a mistake to refocus Homeland away from those who want to commit future terrorist attacks to these other issues. He also feels, I think a lot like Senator Mike Braun, that John Zadrozny feels that it's time to shrink that Homeland Security Department. Yes, it is. All right, we're going to get a commercial break in a second, but I got one more story. We're going to break it tomorrow, but because you listen to this podcast, you're going to get it a day early. You're going to be the first to hear this from me. And here is that news. Remember the consulting lobbying firm known as Blue Star Strategies. If you've read any of my reporting on Ukraine and the Hunter Biden scandal, you know who they are. That's the firm they brought in, Sally Painter, Karen Tramontano, to try to help fix Burisma's problems with the U.S. government, the Ukraine government, because Ukraine was investigating Burisma for corruption. The State Department suspected that Burisma had made two illegal bribes trying to get out of it. And Blue Star was called in to do this. And as a result of lawsuits I filed to free up documents, we later learned from State Department FOIAs that Blue Star had contacts with the State Department directly, including with that former ambassador, Yovanovitch, who was a big part of the impeachment trial. Well, for the longest time, the story was, well, we weren't lobbying. We were doing information. We were doing consulting. Well, very quietly in the last week, just about a week ago, Blue Star belatedly filed Foreign Agent Registration Act lobbying forums, admitting they were lobbying not just for Burisma, but for its infamous oligarch who owns it. Mikola Zochewski, somebody the United States government long believed was corrupt, had corruptly obtained his permits for gas exploration and other things. All right, so for years we were told there's nothing to Blue Star. It's a conspiracy theory. And now they have filed that. And there are indications from my sources that the filing of these forms will get Blue Star off the hook. It won't face no further penalty 
criminal prosecution, fine. So they just got to admit four years after the fact, five years after the fact, six years after the fact it actually is, because these lobbying contacts occurred in 2016. Yeah, we were lobbying for Zolchevsky up, and we didn't tell you about it through impeachment, through all these different things. Pretty extraordinary development, if I say so myself. All right, we're going to break that. We're going to put those forms out. We're going to remind you of some of the contradictions and conflicts between what these Blue Star players, people like Sally Painter and Karen Tramonto, have said to Senate investigators, said during the various investigations, and what documents that the State Department recently released show. There are conflicts and contradictions. I hope to get Senator Ron Johnson on this show very soon to walk us through what those are and why they may be problematic. But tonight, we're going to start by giving you more transparency. Yes, after all of the denials, all of the smoke screens, all of the, it's a conspiracy theory to think Blue Star was doing anything with the U.S. government, Blue Star strategies, which work directly with Hunter Biden. Well, they admitted today they did, in fact, lobby the United States government during Hunter Biden's watch during Joe Biden's time as vice president on behalf of that controversial Ukrainian oligarch, somebody that our own State Department believed was corrupt, Nikola Zlochevsky. I got the paper. We're going to make it public tonight. You got the story first because you get to listen to this great show. Thank you for joining me. That's fun, right? All right. Those are the stories. Those are the scoops. Two good ones. Homeland Security, Hunter Biden scandal. Now we're going to take that commercial break. When we come back, Senator Mike Braun from the great state of Indiana, we're going to talk budget, shrinking government, baby formula shortage, and of course, the border and all of the other things that are making Americans feel uneasy, unsafe, uncertain. And that includes inflation. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar's down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. 
But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. We promised it. We have him here. He's one of our favorite guests, Senator Mike Braun from the great state of Indiana. Senator, great to have you. Hey, good to be on. Sir, you are doing something that's getting a lot of credit in, in many circles now, and that is you have two separate pieces of legislation designed to bring fiscal sanity back to this crazy Washington spending <laughs> game that we have. Uh, tell us a little bit about those two pieces of legislation and the growing support for them. Well, uh, the support needs to grow in the Senate, but I was uh, really pleased, just came a, a few minutes ago from the uh, Republican Study Committee. Uh, they actually put a budget out every year. Uh, nobody pays attention to it broadly across our government here, but at least they put it out there. I'm going to do the same thing. Rand Paul, uh, I think, tried it last in 2018. That will put a broad budget onto the Senate floor. Uh, it's going to be one that uh, I've got to be – I want it to be realistic. Uh, I want it to have the chance of getting buy-in, especially in my own party, that balances the budget in 10 years. Um, it's something that if I had if I had my druthers and, say, was uh, had more authority than just one out of 100 here in the Senate, right. we can do it much more quickly than that. This is mostly due to a lack of political will. Most of the people here have never run anything. Uh, Bernie Sanders is now the chair of the Budget Committee, and we have not <laughs> done one hearing on fiscal discipline. So yeah, don't need that. to tell you all that, but I still think it's important for the future of our country, for my kids, our grandkids, that we don't march ourselves down the trail that Joe Biden put out there publicly that takes us from $30 trillion in debt today to $45 trillion in 10 years, embraces the modern monetary theory. I debated Bernie Sanders on the floor, one of my proudest moments here for about 26 minutes, seven, eight months ago. You can find that on YouTube. Absolutely. That was, a, that was an experience. But the big issue here, it's a, a shoulder shrug, and they don't understand what happens when the Medicare trust fund goes broke in four and a half years. Social Security actuarially, we've known it for decades, yeah. in about 10 years. And interest will soon eclipse, and it does, in Biden's budget in 10 years, what we spend uh, discretionary on defense, 
either defense or domestic spending. Mm. That's a sad legacy to want to say this is the blueprint for our country. Yeah, and there was a time, it wasn't that long ago, a few years back, where even some Democrats crossed the aisle and said, we would get behind the Balanced Budget Act, we'd do something. So I think there could be some folks uh, that could, could cross over if we can just get that discussion going again. The House seems more interested. What does it take to get other senators engaged on this? Well, a lot of times, since I've gotten here, uh, you have to have certain principles you live by. The unholy alliance that drives the financial calamity that we're headed to would be everybody talks about fiscal conservative conservatism on the Republican side, but they lose it when it's a piece of legislation that they've just authored. Or when it comes to what I think is the most important thing we do in a federal government is defense. I do not hold it sacrosanct. I listened to what Admiral Mike Mullen said uh, years yeah. ago. I fear uh, the red ink more than the red menace. And look how that's on display Isn't you know, right amazing? now. Yeah. And look at Dwight Eisenhower. Be careful of the industrial military complex. But I think it's the most important thing we do, maybe with honestly paying for our entitlements and uh, infrastructure. Why don't we try to do three things, live within our means before we start uh, enterprising, becoming political entrepreneurs like the Dems do. This is their cathedral. This is their growth business. We always rail against it and then sadly are complicit with them on where we're at financially. Yeah, it's just remarkable. You're Well, you're one of the few reliable voices and you deserve a lot of credit. People don't I need to know just how much work you've put in trying to get this back on the American agenda because at some point that debt is going to eat us alive. It's already at that point, but Thank God really that you're is. out there. Yeah, you're out yeah. there fighting. Yeah, just recently we put the clip together of talking about inflation. Uh, you need to find that. And I didn't realize how much we've been talking about it. And here, most people had no idea what spending $4 trillion, at least that was bipartisan, right. but then another $3 trillion when the Fed printed every dollar of it down in the printing press. Uh, we were talking about inflation. That's from the demand uh, pull side and the cost push side. I remember what this was like 40 or back in the early 80s. It took Volcker raising interest rates to 18%. So that has been unleashed. That's mm. going to be the biggest short-term issue for all Americans. Yeah, people are feeling it. They're, now I've got to choose between the grocery cart and the fuel tank. That's never a pleasant yeah. choice. It's scary. You also are great at holding people accountable, getting answers. That's one of the things that you do so well. And I know you and Senator Manchin work together to try to get some answers from Dr. Califf at the FDA about this baby formula crisis, because it's now clear, thanks to Congresswoman Rosa Delora's documents, FDA got tipped off about this last fall with a whistleblower, dragged its feet, finally took action, had no plan for the market shortage. Have you gotten an answer back from Dr. Califf? No, but I think I have gotten mostly to the bottom of it. So when it comes to uh, the baby formula issue uh, with Abbott, uh, they did a voluntary recall. Uh, the issue that they were worried about, I think it was salmonella or something like that, right. ended up being proved not to be connected. The a thing about this place, that was quite some time ago. And it took a while to get to that resolution, mm. a couple months, and it shouldn't have taken that long. Right. And then I think probably FDA, uh, you know, politics get involved from the White House, the blame game starts. But my distillation of what occurred is 
The voluntary recall was done because they thought it was wise to do. It took way too long to vindicate uh, Abbott because there was no connection. And then you get into the clumsy, lumbering nature of this place in general, and we delayed it way longer than what it needed to be. I've got other bills out there trying to put a little pep in the step of the <laughs> FDA on you know diseases like ALS, others yeah. that... They just don't move quickly enough, and Big Pharma comes into play a little bit on it to where they've got a framework they're comfortable with. So a lot of things don't add up here. I can see them in a minute. i got a great staff. We call them out. Always try to get honestly to the bottom, regardless of who's to blame. Yeah, one of those legislation that a lot of people are supporting and giving you praise for is a common sense thing called Promising Pathway Act, helping patients with uh, terminal illness. They don't have time to wait. You're trying to get Congress to get these agencies to speed up treatments, aren't you? Exactly. Yes, I am. And uh, for those individuals, and that is just one of many, it's called an orphan disease in the sense there aren't enough individuals out there with it. Well, Big Pharma avoids that. It's your smaller entrepreneurial startups right. that then run into all the lumbering, clumsy procedures that Big Pharma basically embraces with FDA. Yep. And we need to have a more agile, common sense approach there, especially when there are promising pathways in the pipeline, and then it runs into something that derails it. Uh, that's why I'm going to work on it, because it makes sense to do so. Yeah, the big farmer has an army of lawyers. They can go through that uh, maze of bureaucracy they created, but smaller companies uh, don't, and people dying don't have time to wait for it. So an amazing piece of legislation. It's getting a lot of praise. I've been watching it. Um, uh, lots of people praising the common sense idea behind it. And I know we're going to be watching and see if we can get that passed. And it's really got a it's really got a good precedent quickly is uh, the right to try act yes. which was far uh, uh, experimental. Uh, this is actually a step better than that. It's provisional, meaning there are things in the pipeline. Yep. Right to try had gone through. Yeah, they've gone through some vetting already. Support. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, such an important thing. I know a lot of people are rooting for you to succeed at that. Last thing, I watched that a good part of the Anthony Fauci hearing, and I think you had the most important moment. You got. Dr. Fauci to acknowledge that we don't need any more COVID lockdowns. And also, he said something even more striking to me. I want to just get your take on it because it was such an important question. He said they were never intended to be long-term, yet on his watch, we had a long-term COVID lockdown. How the heck does he get away saying that? And are we going to learn from this? I think when you're on TV and the media, as much as he was during it, sooner or later, you're going to get caught in uh, contradictions. Yeah. And that's happened uh on the uh, some of the other committees, that was appropriations. I generally come in after Rand Paul does. He's not in a very good mood at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one to follow <laughs> with Fauci. Uh, they're pretty grouchy. Yeah. <laughs> but here, lockdowns, and yeah, I cited the Johns Hopkins study. You sure it did. said it had basically no impact on mortality. It didn't consider the negative impact all the shutdowns might have had on other forms of mortality due to not getting treatment. So it cost us trillions of dollars. It was a centerpiece of what forced us when government and bureaucrats said, you're essential, you're not, uh, we're going to kill the economy to try to, you know, subdue this disease. I did a couple floor speeches that said it was going to be a tricky navigation. Don't yep. throw caution to the wind. 
but do not take what makes us great, the best economy pre-COVID in recent times. Now look what we got. And a lot of the problems we're dealing with now from inflation to the whole host of issues was due to that bureaucratic heavy hand from government and mostly directed by Dr. Fauci and the healthcare experts that knew nothing about how to handle a pandemic alongside of not killing the productive economy. Yeah, a lot of colleagues of yours said to me last night when when we were talking about it, uh, he actually got Fauci to disown his own strategy. It was an amazing moment. So uh, congratulations for asking such an important question that got Americans a lot better. Pleasure to do it. Sir, it's always an honor to have you on the show. We learn so much from you every time, and we wish you well. Can't wait to get you back on. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got a little bit more discussion. We're going to take a, a walk through China in just a second. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, America. We are so lucky to have this next guest. He was one of the most influential advisors on Homeland Security in, during, in the White House for uh, President Trump. He's now uh, America's first legal deputy director of investigations. John Zadrosny. John, great to have you on the show. Hi, John. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a great honor. I want to ask you about something. We're about to break a story in the morning tomorrow. My good colleague, Eric Kliegman, tracing the origins of the government, uh, the uh, Disinformation Governance Board to some work that the Atlanta Council did in the summer of 2020 that basically said, you know what, we created Homeland Security to stop terror attacks, but ah, we don't need to worry about that anymore. We should be focused on things like white supremacy and uh, disinformation and non-military uh, uh, threats. Uh, your thought, thinking that you were in the White House when this was going on, your thoughts that they would take Homeland Security so far away from its core mission? 
I mean, it's funny. That sounds exactly like the left's agenda in this country today. Um, it's a reminder of a couple of things, one of which is that um, the revolving door in Washington is very corrupt, which means you had people from the Obama administration, probably the Bush administration, working for Atlantic Council and other organizations that are churning out nonsense like this. A lot of people's taxpayer dollars are going to these organizations. A lot of private contributions are going to these organizations. And I hope it makes some of these Americans think twice because they're not being targeted as a result of some of the money they contributed. Uh, another thing, uh, John and Amanda, I would talk about, start thinking about is we really need to have a serious national conversation about rethinking the Department of Homeland Security. Nobody wants to talk about it, but we're 20 years out now. I mean, as of next year, 2023 will be the 20th anniversary of the formation of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, and we may have created a monster. And I think there were some people, in fairness, who at the time were concerned about the size of this organization. Uh, we might have had a chance to do something, make it different, shape the culture. Respectfully, I think almost every administration has failed on that front in the last 20 years. And maybe we have to have a serious conversation about breaking this monster up to prevent this type of abuse of the American people. So yeah, I mean, John, I think about all of the things that now somehow fall under terrorism and national security threats, parents in, in school board meetings. Now it's misinformation. How on earth did we get to a place where you have two binary sides of, of the political spe spectrum, Democrats and Republicans, liberals, conservatives, whatever, where you have such diametrically opposed ideas? On one side, everything is terrorism and misinformation. And on the other side, it's free speech and, and marketplace of ideas. How, how did we get so far apart? That's a great question, Amanda. I think a lot of it, and this is just my opinion, can be chalked up to the lack of an objective media. You know, obviously, I think you guys and other organizations do a really great job of having balanced reporting. Um, but I think the mainstream media uh, have just not done a good job. Uh, you know, and I grew up, you guys did too, I think, more or less in a universe where there were three networks, uh, public uh, television. And if you were lucky enough to have cable as a kid, you had CNN. Um, and they were things were calm and they could appear objective because they had a, a virtual monopoly in the last 30 years. They've lost that monopoly. And so as a result, they can't sort of push the envelope in a subtle way anymore. And they've spent the last 30 years, especially ever since the creation of Fox News in, in 20, what, 1995, 1996, um, sort of becoming more aggressive. That trend has only continued over the last quarter century. I think that makes a difference because, you know, you and I would probably all talk to anecdotally, this is an anecdotal story, but talk to people who are kind of left of center and you tell them some of the stuff you, you know about and you see and read about and they're shocked to hear it. They say, oh, I've never heard of that. Well, how's that possible in a country with so much media where you have these giant companies that are pretending to be objective? I think you could chalk it up to media, Amanda. Yeah, it's a great point. It's funny. I was with a world leader and some reporters about three, four years ago. And the world leader pointed out and said, you guys took the we out of America. I don't know how you did that. He was reporting to, you know, pointing to the media reporter saying, you took the we out of America and you pick sides. And uh, I think you're onto something there, John. Uh, that's something we're gonna have to look back at and appreciate the damage that this industry, the news industry did. I wanna take you to another place where enormous damage is being afflicted in America. That is at the border, new border numbers today, more than 230,000 illegal aliens into the country. Nearly half of them were released by the Biden administration, an all time high. How bad is the situation at the border? It's very bad. Um, and to put this in perspective, uh, we have been looking at these numbers ever since last year, obviously. Uh, we are creeping up on one million individuals, aliens crossing the border with the government's blessing. Um, that number is staggering on a lot of levels, but it's also important to remember that number is not the whole number. 
Uh, it could be another 500 to a million, 500,000 to a million who've crossed without our awareness. That's also not including the unaccompanied alien children that um, have used the system to get themselves into the country. Um, to put this in perspective, I, I, you know, it, these numbers are very generic to people. It's really hard, especially when you don't see illegal immigration every day, like people in Texas or Arizona. But I like to put it this way. We've been hearing for years that the number, number of illegal aliens in the country is 11, 11.5 million. Now, I personally think that number is way larger. We really have a lot of homework to do to figure that number out. But let's just go with that number for a second. If the number of illegal aliens prior to the Biden administration was about 11.5 million, you got to figure the Biden administration's added one to 1.5 million. That number is 13 million. That's larger than the population of the state of Pennsylvania. There's an election in Pennsylvania today. It's 12.8 something million, I believe, is the most up-to-date number. That's... Um, that's the fifth largest state in the country. If every illegal alien was in the same place and was a state, they would be the fifth largest state in the country. They would have 19 electoral votes to use in 2024. So if you want a sense of the problem, that's part of the problem. We ask ourselves why there are a lot of illegal aliens in the country. It's because not only is this administration inviting them in, but for the past few years, sanctuary states and jurisdictions have been inviting them in. And so we have to get a handle on this. It's, the Biden administration has clearly put up a neon sign saying, come on in because they need it to replace us as voters. Um, this is really a massive voter importation project. It, it turns out when you when you spend 50 years aborting children in the womb, you're short about 63 million voters. Uh, Marxist policies aren't popular in the United States. So you've got two choices. You change your worldview or you import voters and they've chosen the latter. John, we've just got about 30 seconds left. You know, we've got a federal judge that's going to rule on Title 42 and the lifting of it, the legality of that. Even if a judge strikes it down and tells the Biden administration that they can't yet lift that, they've talked about 18,000 illegal immigrants a day. How bad is this going to get going into the summer numbers wise? Amanda, it's almost hard to project how bad it will be, but it will obviously get worse. I mean, the reality is the messaging that's that's being sent. I'm sure they, uh, people in the Northern Triangle are not paying attention to federal cases, but the word on the street will get to them that, hey, it's even easier than it was three months ago. Uh, we know for a fact the cartels are staging people getting ready to cross for May 23rd, which by the way is next Monday. It's gonna be a disaster. Yeah, we're gonna be covering it live. We're gonna see it all ourselves. John, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your insights today. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, great to have you. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All 
All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Check out justthenews.com all day, all night. Lots of big stories. If you were checking it out just a little bit ago, you would have seen our breaking story that the Biden administration has paused that disinformation board. If you were reading last night, you would have saw the exclusive story we had on the origins of the disinformation board tied to the Atlantic Council, the globalist think tank for neocons and interventionists in the world. If you were reading tomorrow morning, if you, I hope you are, I hope you go back to say, you're going to see that exclusive story about Hunter Biden's buddies at Blue Star. We're going to give you a lot of important information on that tonight and tomorrow. We're going to put all the records out there for all of you to see. All right. Now, before we go, we always love to have a quick conversation about our partners, those who try to give our listeners, our readers, those of us in the Justin News family, an opportunity for special offers, great products, great services. I have so many of them. They're very exciting. The great people that make what we do possible. We want you to know about these special offers. It's important that you know what these special offers are. And so I want to start by giving you guys our latest because we've got some great new partners, advertisers, sponsors that are right there with us trying to make a difference. And Dr. Marty's Pets, we talked about them. You know about that. Go to drmartypets.com slash just news and you'll get in on that is a very exciting opportunity and you should be checking them out day in and day out they've got great offers you're going to get half off your first purchase if you take advantage of that just news code you have two ways to do it you can go to drmartypets.com slash just news or you can text the word just news to 511511 that's easy, 511511 text the word just news you're going to get on a great deal we love Dr. Marty was on our show. He's got a passion for animals, for good nutrition for animals that is palpable and real and a product to back it up. My dogs loved it. Your dogs will love it. It's about giving them real cuts of meat, real fruits and vegetables, and none of the artificial flavors, preservatives, or worse yet, those terrible fillers that come from like a pulp-like background that a lot of commercial dog food users still use today. Check out his Nature's Blend. Get that 50% off real easy. Go to, you ready? DrMartyPets.com slash Just News or text the word Just News, one word, 511-511 to get that 50% off. All right, folks, that wraps up another day of podcast here at Just the News. We'll be back tomorrow. Check out that breaking story on Blue Star Hunter Biden tonight. Have a good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe 
from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.